Welcome to Boot Rap, the voice of the Bootstrap Network. The Bootstrap Network serves entrepreneurs around the globe. So, hi, hi everybody. Welcome to this uh, Bootstrap talk. Bijoy from Austin and Lisa in Stockholm, you should probably introduce yourselves and leave you for this conversation at Live at Heart 2020. Thank you, Ake, because it's sad that we can't be in person. This is my first year in nine or 10 years, something like that, maybe 10 years, <laughs> not, or not being able to come to Sweden in September. So this is uh, the next best thing, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to resume in uh, 2021. Yeah, and uh, I'm so happy to be part of Live at Heart, and uh, it's going to be so interesting to talk with you, uh, Bijoy, and I love your the, the things you're doing for teaching all of us uh, bootstrapping, so happy to be here. Well, Lisa, as I, I think I, when you and I first met, I called you the queen of bootstrapping, so... <laughs> <laughs> Anything I know is learned from the master bootstrappers. So uh, it's such a great honor and pleasure for me to talk to you because, um, and you know, anytime I get a chance to talk to someone who has had such a deep journey and immersion into what I try to study and try to articulate for people, there's just so many things I learned. I mean, even when you and I were talking before our conversation now, there were so many things that were, that were coming into my, you know, for me that I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. You know, so I really appreciate learning from you and you know, sharing your story. And I think just the coolest thing to me is I feel like bootstrap companies are hiding in plain sight. They're these amazing companies that actually do all this work. And yet people want to talk about the funding companies like your Spotify's and whatever else, which, which are great. There's nothing wrong with those companies um, and they're great and they do their thing. But to me, the real engine is these bootstrap companies that that slowly and steadily build, you know, uh, Baby Bjorn and is now in this incredible stage of its journey. And those, those long-term companies to me are so much more interesting for me, has always been since I was a call, you know, I was a kid at Stanford. And again, same thing there were all these tech companies and Google and all of that. And I was more interested always in the history of Stanford. I mean, in the history of Silicon Valley, which was all about bootstrapping, you know, so for me, that bootstrap, journey started in the 90s. And then when I came to Austin, I, I joined a bootstrap company and then I started my own. And then I started this community of Bootstrap Austin because there just wasn't enough conversation about bootstrapping. And really there was not enough understanding. People would say, oh, you're bootstrapping, so you didn't get funding. And that was the, on the, the, yeah. the only reference point. Yeah, I know. No, I think that's great. Uh, I mean, really, there are a lot of people who don't even know what bootstrapping is. And I think what you're doing is really super important. Uh, well, thank you. You know, and it's, it's like, I think what's really cool as we kick off this Bootstrap Sweden initiative, which we sort of started in January when I actually came out. I mean, we've been doing it informally, but we're really with, in, with Live at Heart and Bootstrap Austin, we're working together to really inspire and to educate and to build community for bootstrapping in Sweden. And I think what a perfect way to start that whole conversation with, with the story of baby Bjorn. You know, I, I, I always take a different name for, from the different places I've grown up. So like my Chinese name is 
Bija, which is uh, means philosopher. It was given to me by my Chinese teacher, yeah. and and my Swedish name is Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, B I J O Y. I mean, it's it's sort yeah, of the easiest, it. the closest. <laughs> yeah, you know, our brand name is Baby Bjorn in Swedish, Baby Bjorn. But uh, it sounds Bjorn, kind of, Bjorn. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kind of in the U.S. It's a Baby Bjorn, so it's a. <laughs> yeah, Bjorn. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a German friend who lives in Austin, and he's Bjorn. He's also a bootstrap entrepreneur, but. Um, Bjorn, Bjorn is the right Swedish pronunciation, right? Yeah. yeah. What does it mean, Bjorn? What is it? What is um, the meaning? I, I think I looked it up. Bear. You know the animal, bear, not beer. Oh, the bear, yes, that's right. That's right. Bear. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I always have a hard so, time pronouncing that. So before I always said beer, like <laughs> sounds like it's beer. Baby beer. Yeah, baby beer. <laughs> baby bear. Like teddy bear. Baby bear. Teddy, so it's the logo from the beginning was a, a teddy bear. Wow, wow, and and a little bit of beer is good for good for the baby, right? I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so so what's interesting is your involvement in the company started before you even knew you were involved in the company. <laughs> oh, you mean with the the bib? Yeah, the baby Bjorn bib. It was my father invented the plastic bib where before it was always tissue, you know, and he was like, I was one year old, it was 1968 and he figured like when I was eating the food, he made this nice, nice food and it dropped on the floor. He's like, oh, you should have like a, a bowl that, you know, when you, the food falls down and actually you can reheat it so it's good for the environment <laughs> and uh, saves the saves the parent from also cleaning up the mess right yeah no so it's such a great product so and that's actually been a bit like that that all when my my siblings were born they invented my parents invented and and their team invented different products and also like cousins and so it's really been a family company since start. It started in 1961 and it's uh, returned 60 years next year. 60, that's right, that's right. That's incredible. So some celebrations will be in order next year. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of celebrations. <laughs> that's incredible. So, so you're the inspiration for one of the products uh, for your dad, I mean, literally Bjorn, Bjorn. Yeah. But then you really got involved in the company at a very interesting stage. You said in the 90s, about 30 years after the company had been going. And then you got involved now as an actual member of the team. Yeah, so 94, right after, I, right after university, my studies. Then my dad said, well, Lisa, you like to communicate or write and stuff. Can't you help me with you know, actually communicating to the parents because he felt like you know, he had great products, he had like 10 mm -hmm. products selling in 10 countries, had a turnover around like 12 million uh, US dollar. And he said like, we're selling some products in one country really well, another product in another country. I mean, that this must be a question of communications. So I actually started to write press releases and, and read the magazine, learn what the parental magazines, what they wrote about, what people were, what the parents were interested in. 
And so that's how it started and it went well. So he was like, okay, you need to do this full time. And I stayed working full time for 10 years. When you got involved and you did those interviews, right? What was interesting was you then did all this videotaping of all these folks and you started to realize how people were using the product and not using the product, what the challenges were, which again, became another way for the company to understand even more deeply how parents were, what challenges parents were, were having. So we went from 2.2 million US dollar in turnover to like 22 million US dollar in turnover over this year. So that was a, a great time that I really enjoyed working very close with my my dad and he was like okay you need to go to different countries visit the different editorial offices and that's when i started to read the magazines and it was a lot about parental leave we mm. were feeling that was something important to tell parents in in other countries that you know in sweden the dad actually stays home taking care of the kids and it was very new. This was around 95. When I was in France, they were like, no way that anybody's going to carry their baby in a baby carrier. And the same in like Japan and even in the States, it was very new. But we kept on, you know, doing Because our- what did they think? They, they would just carry the baby like this. They didn't want to carry the baby. It was the mother. The mother, uh, you know, went around. The father never showed himself with the baby like that i mean of course they could have a stroller or they were out but it was very uncommon that actually the dad was out carrying the baby wow (laughs) so So the social the social mores i mean meant that this is a woman's job and woman has to do it the man doesn't do it he's not going to be seen pushing a stroller around but this has been the case in sweden since how long have this kind of equal sharing of parental duties it started in the 60s, 70s. So my dad, when he got uh, my mother's first <laughs> child, my brother, in 1963, she was home, but he was helping a lot with the kids and with us, changing diapers and stuff like that. So, I mean, he was probably quite early in doing stuff like that. But uh, a lot of parents then did this. In the, a lot of parents started to share duties already in the Mm -hmm. 70s. I mean, and that's incredible. I mean, it's funny because baby Bjorn, but it's Bjorn's baby. I mean, there's this idea idea you could go the other way and and actually understand it to be something else entirely. But when when you started to go to these other countries, you started to realize you weren't just bringing a product, but you were bringing a mindset and a societal shift, which anticipated, I mean, what was going to happen in all these other countries. But you guys were we're actually bringing that as well. A super important part of Baby Beyond's history is actually when my mother came into the company in the 80s and especially in the 90s, she worked very much with like new designs. And in 90, in the beginning of 90s, she came with the navy blue baby carrier, which got really popular and men felt also more comfortable with ah. wearing when the, the baby carriers weren't pink or you know yes right so and then in 95 she made a a black baby carry we were actually talking about you know making a black baby carry and i was like oh for babies and well let's make it just for media you know like a pr thing 
and she made it and it looked so nice and I brought it to a journalist in London and she was like oh it was a big uh, design magazine mm-hmm. and uh, she was like oh I'm not so interested in baby stuff but okay you can come to me it was Elle magazine <laughs> and then uh, I brought the, the black baby carrier and she uh, actually took the p- picture uh, that we gave her that was like a super modern woman walking in, in a shopping mall you know, with black clothes, the black uh, baby carrier, and the baby had some really nice red clothes. She put that into Elle magazine and she wrote, this baby carrier is so nice, it's even worth having a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's your new fashion statement. It's going to fit into your lifestyle of fashion and, and, and all the black that you're wearing. That's amazing. I mean, so if you're also dealing with the feminist movement, which has an interesting relationship with the babies and classical roles for women. How do I be a liberated woman and do my career doing these things? But also, is there room for me to have a kid? And so now you're actually turning that around. And <laughs> Yeah, that was nice for my mother. I mean, we are four siblings, so she had four kids and she really loves working. She's a designer. She wanted to come back to work and uh, I mean so that's been such a great life for her to actually being part of the success of uh, the baby Bjorn baby carrier and she was a pioneer she was the first one actually making baby carriers nice for the fathers so I think that that's been some way affecting a lot of fathers in the world. I mean, nowadays, it's the black is the biggest color. It's no big thing, but it was actually a yeah. big thing in the 90s. <laughs> Both of them have done this really cool reversal. She helped men with their journey, and he, you know, he's helping women. <laughs> with, I mean, the whole notion of, I mean, parallel to the journey of the company has been this meaning journey of what is the role of parenting? How should we combine work and, and family? How do we sequence that? So, you know, initially... I, she wasn't involved in the business because your dad was started it with his his sister-in-law right that was the initial but then she joined later on after having you kids yeah and she then your mom became integral to the business at that point right so they were able to sequence things in a beautiful way that i mean not that they planned that but just it just ended up in a really cool way that everybody could do what they needed to do as well in the family yeah. while you're actually helping other families with this process of having kids and all that. Yeah, and talking about stages, I really like how uh, with your, to get back to the bootstrapping, how you, you explain it in big, different stages. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have that picture you showed me. I think it's super, it's like a great map to, to mm-hmm. see how and build a company organically. Really a great way to teach other entrepreneurs how you can actually go for it without funding from outside. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's been the interesting part is to actually break this thing, this down into these stages. Can you see the, can you see the map here? And yeah, uh, it says bootstrap method. Okay, great. Give a brief overview of this because it might help people. And then we can even look at the baby Bjorn case study in terms of this map. I always find it a great thing when the, the bootstrap entrepreneur says, hey, this map actually is accurate to my journey, right? That's, the, that's a sign of a good map. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
the way this map, uh, just in terms of organizing it, is on the vertical lines are stages. So this first stage is the U stage, and then you've got this founder line. So you've got these different elements that are wanting to come together. I mean, like we were talking about with your family life and the work life. You're, yeah. and, and a company seen from this perspective is actually adding lines of music. We are at Live at Heart, so we should talk about music. And I think of this as like a fugue. You know, a fugue is this musical form where you have these different melodies that are coming on top of each other. And so the first line of the melody, of course, has to be the, the founder, you know, and the founding team. And there's a key action associated with each stage. In this U stage, there's no venture. There's nothing happening here. There's just a person on their journey. They are discovering their own capacities, their own interests, their own capabilities and strengths and weaknesses. And this really starts from when we're born to keep going on that journey. So childhood and maybe first or second job and things like that. That's, that's where we are individually simply developing ourselves. And we're learning not only what we're good at, but also what we're weak in right what we what we're not good at so that that will factor in a little bit later as we see in the journey where you bring on other people you've seen this pairing with your dad as primary founder and steward of the company yet he has brought in and other people have come in including you and your mom and his sister-in-law other people designers that he brought in to as they were needed to to bring the company forward right so this founding line becomes the employee line becomes the all the people as the company progresses then this meaning line is very interesting because the meaning line is all about the 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 purpose what people call purpose and mission and things like that of the company it's not like it starts off that you know all of this whole thing baby bjorn and the bjorn baby and all, all the things you just start with something that a spark you 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 awaken to the fact that you are interested in something and you want to do something about that in that journey. And you're going, yes, I want to, I want to solve this problem. I want to take this on. An analogy here is hero's journey. You know, with a hero like Luke Skywalker decides that they want to go and become a Jedi Knight, right? They want to decide to go take that journey. That's what's happening here is this, in this awakened stage. And by the way, these stages are not strictly classical way, but, but you can start, you know, one before the other too. You know, you can awaken first and, and then go develop the skills later. I mean, in the Baby Bjorn situation, so that would be discovering that the mission is to actually make the everyday life easier for parents with small children. That's actually our, you know, business idea still today after 60 years. <laughs> well, and that's what's so interesting there is that in this meaning journey, you're reducing down, right? You're reducing down to the essence. As time goes on, you're, you, you think you're doing X, but you're actually doing X minus, 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 minus. The, <laughs> the job is to take away all the things that the company isn't. Exactly. And the more precise you get, right? I mean, the, the more specific you get, the more uh, expressed the company is on its journey. Yeah, and that actually took a while to find the design language of Baby Beyond's, like what's a Baby Beyond product. And today it's so clear. I mean, we can, to explain it, you can say like, you know, if you see a potty and it's like a dinosaur and it's really uh, um, unpractical for the kid and you need a battery and stuff, that's not a Baby Beyond product. Baby Beyond is like clean cut Swedish style. It's really nicely designed. And so I really like what you say that you have to look into what are you not, you know, take away everything you're not to make it really clear who you are. Yes, and exactly. And, and again, just like the founder and the team line, that line continues, will continue. And that, that what you're not keep, keeps uh, emerging over and as this line emerges. So it's not like you start, again, this is, there's so many myths of entrepreneurship and that's one of them. It's like, oh, I have this great mission to serve this thing and, and take care. No, you didn't really know that. You, st you, you start with something that you're sparked by, you know, and you're, yeah. and you're passionate about. And then over time, 
this thing emerges. And that's what's so interesting about so much that's wrong about the way we talk about entrepreneurship is we, we want to tell the story like the entrepreneur knew everything the whole time from the beginning. <laughs> you know? and, I mean, when I started, was, my parents had been going for 33 years. And it was 94 when I read the magazines and I found out that a lot of journalists and, of course, their readers were interested in parental leave in England, for example. Then we made the connection between how to satisfy the parents, how the father could actually be proud to walk with his baby in the city with navy blue or black baby carrier. So you're so right. That's actually 33 years after <laughs> baby <Jack Martin. laughs> Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. You're in this never-ending dialogue with this being called Baby Bjorn, the company, which is in a dialogue with the society, its customers, with the founding team, with the employees. It's this ongoing conversation and it's a never-ending conversation. That's the other thing that we think, oh, you arrive somewhere, it's done and and you check that mark. No, it's, it's ongoing. You keep having these conversations and that's why this meaning journey even, just like the founder and team journey, will keep going and and evolving over time. Yeah, you always have to have the connection with the customers that you're really studying. What are they doing? You're following them, you're learning. And my dad asked me to go out and film in the parents' house. So me and a friend, Varda, we were there for hours and we didn't even really ask questions or anything. We were just following the parents. And then we showed these films to the product development company and to my dad. And they were, mm-hmm. oh my God, the, the parents do like this when they take off the baby carrier. It's like have a problem to open it or close it and the baby wakes up and everything. So when Baby Bjorn invented the two-part baby carrier that you actually could take off the entire front So when the baby fell asleep, you could actually put down your baby, loosen up the entire front, and the baby could continue to sleep on on that Mm -hmm. warm and nice textile. Right. So one of the things that the the company is always doing and the the bootstrapper is always doing is they're always close to the customer. Back to the initial story, your dad, how did he get involved? Because he was babysitting, right? Yeah, he was babysitting his brother and sister-in-law's kids. They had five kids. He really liked to hang out with them. And they were really small and quite close. The, the smallest one, Nils, he was only a baby. When my dad brought home a baby bouncer from the States when he had been mm. to the trip. And he, he asked his sister-in-law, let's put uh, Nils in this uh, baby bouncer. And she was like, no. It looks uh, dangerous, and but then he put uh, Nils in there anyway, and she was excited. She's like, oh my God, he's so happy, and he was bouncing. And then they started, my father and my aunt, Elsa Jakobsson, they started Baby Beyond together. So that's actually great. She was a mother of five, and, and then my father got four children. So, you know, in the first years, they had uh, nine children to, <laughs> in the families. <laughs> Wow. I'm jumping ahead a little bit because we didn't finish the map, but I just think this is so interesting here where you've done this beautiful job of showing the essential steps of the journey and the bootstrap map. Here is Bjorn and your aunt, and this is him helping her on her parenting journey, right? 
Yeah, so uh, the first picture is my dad, and that's from the beginning of the 60s. And then it's a picture of meaning. It's my dad and my mother and my two older siblings, my older brother and older sister. Already at that time, when you are talking about meaning, we then came up with the make everyday life easier for parents and small children. That's mm-hmm. been in the company and in the family since since the start yeah. and does that continue to be the 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 mantra for the for the company today yeah it is and then uh, if we get into the the next stage products it's actually funny how yes. first product was a baby bouncer and my dad i mean <laughs> talking about bootstrapping he actually went to one of the biggest stores in stockholm called nk and he ask them to, to sell the product and they were like very skeptical. So he went to a journalist who actually wrote about the baby bouncer in the daily journal. It was in one of the daily newspapers. Mm-hmm. And then he went back to the store and said like, look, it says in the magazine that you're selling the product. So you need to buy one. And so the, the purchaser bought one ba- baby, baby bouncer. Wow. And then my grandma went there to, to buy it. So when my dad came back, he's like, oh, so ask the purchaser, how's it going? And she went out in the store and she looked and she's like, oh, it's sold. So I'll take another two or actually no, another three. So she, she bought another three and then my grandma had to buy two of them, but that it was actually somebody else buying the third one. And that's how it started. Ah. And got rolling, and then uh, my grandma didn't need to buy anymore. <laughs> so, so you, it was the inside customer that you needed at the first uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to get the outside customer too. So this is very interesting because I'm going to go back to this map here. We, we went to the awaken stage, and then we talked about this ideation stage where the key action is to make something, create this demo. Using whatever resources you have available, just create something that you think will be not the, not the perfect ideal thing, but just whatever you think is going to be enough to get the product out. Yes. And then the key action is the sell action, which is what you're talking about there with the, with the, with the department store and, and the inside customer being your grandmother. You've got to convince somebody to buy this, this item. That's the key piece that is the action. The VOD means valley of death, right? So in the valley of death stage, which every bootstrap company goes through, the money is not coming from investors. It's coming from a little bit of capital from yourself and your friends and family, but you're going to make that money come from the customer. And in forcing yourself to take that demo and offer it to the customer is when this magic starts happening around you actually making progress. And what's fascinating here too, is that you actually, in this case, you had two customers because you had the department store purchasing manager, and then you had the actual parent who had to decide to buy the product, right? Yeah, exactly. No, so I think that it's really important for your self-confidence as entrepreneur, you know, get this proof of concept that you're actually selling your products in different channels and you can see for yourself, okay, I know this product can sell. Then it's uh, quite a long step before you're into the organizational stage usually. I mean, you yes. organize yourself, you run around, you sell wherever you can and Sometimes you're in the valley of death, you don't have enough money and it's really hard and you know, some companies give up. But if you just can get 
to that stage of really get to know your customers. What are you able to sell? What are they willing to actually pay money for? And then, you know, finally go into the organization stage. And that's exactly right, which is that these stages, each of these is, is could be years, right? Um, I mean, that you're, you're in the valley of death or you come out, you think you're in the growth stage, you've you found something that works and then you, and you're taken back because of, let's say external events or life events or something like that. And you, and you get back to Valley of death and you're again, innovating back in that, in that Valley of death stage, right? You had that too in the, in the company in terms of the, you said something about the real estate piece of point, your dad was frustrated by the company yeah. not growing. Yeah. In the nineties, you know, my father felt like he's been working so hard for so long and it went so slowly and he really wanted to, make more money to put it into uh, product development because he wanted more products quicker. He didn't have the patience. So he took the money he had and went into the real estate business. And then the crash came, you know, in the nineties, mm -hmm. he was about to lose everything. So that was really value of death. We were about to lose, you know, our house, the company, everything. It was really wow. to go, go bad. <laughs> and, um, so then was like a, 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 what you would call 2.0. Like yeah. And then we had that great success in the 90s that we grew. I mean, some of the years we doubled our turnover and uh, the profit went better too. And like today we have a turnover of uh, 90 million uh, US dollar. US. Uh, yeah, and growing. So it's, it's a really great example on how to grow slowly the 35 first years and then how you just you know have a really great ride but you have to have that patience and the passion and feel like yeah. you're a great team and like everybody know their places and you help one another and encourage one another it's a bit like uh, climbing a mountain so you have to be great people in happy to see other people grow and you know encouraging each other because it's such a hard work so i mean you need to be nice to one another you really do need to care about being on this journey and and you know that's the thing is that in this modern idea of entrepreneurship it's like oh i succeeded and, and that magic like a magic trick right and you're missing all of these these sections of going here going backwards re re-understanding things that take time and you know, it's interesting because uh, another great Scandinavian company is Lego and Lego had the same kind of journey where Ole like started the company and he, he wanted, he was a carpenter, but he wanted to get out of that business and build toys for kids. So the first 20, 30 years of Lego's journey was building little toys for kids, wooden toys. And it was only until for them in the 60s that they uh, stumbled onto, and again, by the way, because of a shortage of wood, and there was another uh, massive uh, uh, event that happened in the company's uh, journey, and they said, we can't just make wood companies. We have to. There was a factory fire, actually. Oh yeah. And so they, they said, we, w what other materials can we explore? And they they bought this plastic molding machine, injection machine. That then caused them to start experimenting, and then it was, funnily enough, like in your case, the the founder's uh, son was on a boat going to England oh. and he met a department store manager. And that person said, you know, we have these building blocks, but they don't all fit. They all different sizes. They don't fit with each other. We don't have a standard system. So they went back with that idea and came back and said, maybe we can build these blocks, but that wasn't even it. It was ultimately when they realized that if you stack the blocks, they don't actually sit correctly on top of each other. 
they don't hold. So the key insight was in the, on the bottom side of the block to put those columns in so that yeah. when, you, when, you, when you click the piece together, it, you know, it sticks, yeah. right? That's now 30 years after Lego 1.0, yeah. right? That then leads to then, you know, the, the Lego that we know today. But if, if people don't study the history or they don't realize that it takes sometimes this long to really get to the, that journey, then you'll give up at so many earlier stages. If you've got this idea that I'm just here to make money and sell my company and that kind of thing, you have this short-term thinking, you're not going to go on this, on this journey. I mean, imagine if your dad had quit when, when he was going through those crises and the mm -hmm. company was at, you know, whatever, a few million dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. And today it's a hundred million dollars. This entire journey would never have happened if he didn't keep going. Yeah. No, so that is uh, super important. And I, I really want to encourage people to build a team, find the people you like to work with, nice people, good people that, I mean, it's like climbing a mountain together and you, you really need to know that you're, you know, taking care of one another. Yeah, and this, and this team dynamic, in a sense, you got lucky, your, your dad got lucky because he was working with people, <laughs> the people that he was already committed to being on the journey with, right? You I mean, it's your family. But let's say in another case where you are going on this by yourself, it seems like there's so much you have to really understand about what those other team members, especially a co-founder, yeah. what they bring into the conversation, both in terms of skills, complementary skills that are different that you need different skills, not the same skills, but also maybe a vision about this journey. Like, are you going to be bootstrapping? Are you going to be trying to fund it and go that way? I mean, there's all of these questions that become really important to have upfront in that question stage. Yeah, and I think like, I mean, I'm invested in other co uh, companies also and uh, worked as business angel. And then there comes to a stage where if you're a startup person, you actually should leave the business to somebody else to take it into the next stage. Another uh, mindset. So I started the communications department at Baby Bjorn in 94, and I employed uh, Annika Sander Lamark, uh, who's one of my best friends now. And, and uh, you know, we worked together really closely and then we employed more people, great people. And, but then after 10 years, I realized that I could actually move on. I mean, she mm -hmm. better than I, she's fantastic. Yeah. She could actually, you know, take this by herself into the next stage. And today my siblings and I, we are the owners and uh, um, our parents have retired from Baby Bjorn. They're doing their own things now. And my siblings mm -hmm. and I have, um, we're on the board and we have employed Stina Westerstad, a great woman that is now the CEO. She has rocks. It's like she knows exactly how, how to do it, you know, to build the organization, encourage uh, everybody to be part of the journey. And um, that's stuff that startup people are not always the best people to make the company grow. I mean, usually it's different kinds of personalities. <laughs> Yes, and that's why, you know, in that you stage, the key theme is know thyself. Yes. Right? Know thyself. In other words, understand and don't have a false impression of yourself. And it is very true that, for example, I, I, what I've seen with over the last, you know, 15, 20 years of hundreds and thousands of founders is that many of the founders are very, very good in that valley of death stage and maybe the ideation stage. 
yeah. but really the wrong person in the growth stage in the, when you're trying to build this organization because they want to keep disrupting the organization, right? They want to keep bringing it back in, in essence to their strength. And so they want to keep like saying, no, 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 let's reinvent. Okay, that makes sense. But we still have to keep the main organization going on its journey while you do the innovation. So you take someone like Steve Jobs, who was a classic innovator type entrepreneur. By the way, one of his products was named Lisa. Oh yeah, um, his daughter was name was Lisa. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And he named the Lisa, which was the pre the precursor to the Mac, and it failed as a as a product. Yeah. But it was the it was the idea of graphical interface that he realized was he had gone to Xerox Park and seen this graphical user interface, and he thought yeah. this is the future. He named that first product Lisa, and then when that didn't that didn't work, he then went back and did the Mac. But the way he did the Mac was he created a whole separate organization. Yeah. That was literally in another building with a pirate flag on, on top of it. And that's how he developed the Mac with a separate team. So in that re-bootstrap stage, right, you have the growth stage where you take everything you've learned and this business model that has now finally emerged and you, and you build a scalable enterprise that, that works with it. But then you keep, continually need to go back and re-bootstrap. That has to happen separate to and connected, but separate from the main organization. No, and I think it's, I mean, sales, it's probably very seldom that the strength of building sales organization, that that would be the same people as the inventor starting the company and actually inventing the first product. To build a sales organization, you really need to be super focused and structured, and it's another kind of personalities. So, um, I mean, just, I think that's also good to know if you're a startup person, it's okay to, you know, let other people take over and be proud of yourself, what you've done, and then other people can make the company grow. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up our conversation here because we're on the, the time limits of the, of the uh, live at heart streaming gods. Okay. <laughs> so, so, okay, okay. And Anders are like, come on, we, we've got to get this wrapped up. So I, I do think that we should have a subsequent conversation around this because I feel like we're just getting into some really, really interesting things. What's really great is for us to have this overall framework of conversation and, and begin to, I, I'd say, officially kick off the launch of you know, Bootstrap Sweden with this conversation. So I think we'll be having a lot more conversations that we'll share with people as we go along. So I just wanted to finish with, I mean, just thank you so much for, for sharing the insights and the wisdom. And I wanted to remind the Live at Heart uh, folks that we are kicking off Bootstrap Sweden, that they can join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash Bootstrap Sweden, and then they can uh, continue the conversation there. After the festival, we're about to announce some things around how people can really learn the bootstrap model and start communities in their own in their own areas so that we can start community building around entrepreneurs who are bootstrapping and helping each other because that's another thing you you pointed out is helping each other is a really is a really key part of that so any last words that you want to share thank you so much i'm so glad to have been a part of this getting to know you and uh, i mean that you really put word on what we have been doing in Baby Bjorn without knowing that it was called bootstrapping. <laughs> so I, I'm very proud of the, the journey and I love to, to share more about it with anyone who wants to ask. Perfect, well, we, we'll have a lot to celebrate uh, in 2021 uh, when, when the, the company celebrates its uh, 60th birthday, right? 60th birthday, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate and do some really fun stuff, I hope, with that. So. Yeah, we will. And uh, I hope to come to the States that uh, 
Corona is COVID-19 is uh, over kind of or and hopefully we'll meet in real life uh, in a year. Yes, it's <laughs> going to be awesome. Thank you, Bjorn. Thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate the conversation. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Boot Wrap. I'm Brian Massey. This content is copyright 2006, Bootstrap Network, all rights reserved. Our thanks to Charlie Crow and the Podsafe Music Network for our theme music.